0: Your mind is your greatest currency. I have now done over $100 million in real estate transactions over the last 10 years and counting, going from a real teen mom with one daughter at the time, wholesaling and door knocking residential pre-foreclosure properties to now national real estate investor with five children and four businesses buying and selling residential and commercial properties. And I want you to do the same. So let's do it. Hey, hey, hey everyone. Welcome back to the Real Tea Talks show with Tai. I have missed you guys insanely. So much has been going on over these last 30, maybe even 45 days that I have taken a little leave of absence, but I did not escape you guys. I had so many calls and texts and emails and messages into support and uh, DMs and social media outcasts, you know, that were like, what is going on with the show and where did you go? Well, I am here, I am back. In full force, and literally ready to give you guys so much of not only what I've learned in advance and been doing over the last 30 to 45 days to really focus on my family structure, our health, our wealth, our finances, and really building out different components of the business so that we can continue to develop different people in different areas of their businesses, of your businesses, especially in the real estate investing niche. So today's topic and the kind of new platform that I really want the shows to focus us on is to be really more so geared towards shorter segments that are more impactful, not maybe more impactful, but just more value added to those shorter segments so that they're not so much content that they become too big for you guys to take action on and to really grasp A lot of the feedback that come in is like, yes, you guys give gems and gold and Tyee, thank you so much for all of the information and you and Ansar and, and your whole team are very, very supportive of our learning in a very structured environment. However, I have so much information that I want to act upon that I usually do nothing. And I don't want that for you guys. So the purpose and point of today's focus for the show is going to be on mindset. Second to learning. Mindset, I really find to be one of the second, like I said, first is structured learning. Second to me would be mindset. If you asked about keys to successful real estate investing or any business, I believe first is building upon your knowledge base in a very structured learning environment. And the second key would be your mindset. Like make no mistake about it. The most successful investors are the ones who are usually the most focused. Period. There are many niches of this business in real estate from which you can actually profit from. So instead of trying to just kind of uh, shotgun approach to choosing a niche, you really want to just focus and pick one and make sure that you stick and focus with that one. Don't become this jack-of-all-trades master of none because you will not be as successful as someone who specializes in maybe one or even two areas in which they really excel, right? So I always advise people starting out learning about how to find deals and how to wholesale, That is my recommendation because that is my experience and my path that I know works, not that I think works, but that we have absolutely done with over 2,000 other students who have followed the same proven path and system. We learn how to find deals by learning the business of marketing and then how to wholesale deals to make a profit from those marketing efforts. However, even if you don't follow that exact path or that exact roadmap, I can assure you that you need to focus on one niche you do choose. So if you start out rehabbing, then focus on that and master that niche before you actually jump into other areas of focus, then do that, right? The best investors operate in their niche until it is automated and then they expand to the next one. So whether you start in wholesaling and then expand after you've automated your wholesaling business into rehabbing, then do that. Whether you start rehabbing and then you automate that through a proven process that is duplicatable and repeatable that you outsource. And then you expand to uh, to buying and holding passive income properties to build your rental portfolio. Whatever it is from a starting point standpoint, then focus on that niche Master it, automate it, outsource it, then scale from it. Okay, another thing that you want to do is really start and finish one project before you actually start another one. Like this alone was a challenge for me, as I know that my husband and myself also are very, very creative people. And when we combine forces, it didn't always work out for the best from a creativity standpoint, from an implementation standpoint, because we were so enamored with all of the creative possibilities that just choosing one sounded boring almost, right? Like I would get an idea from maybe one of the books I was reading and then I would start a project. And then I would get another idea and start a second project, maybe within a week or even less than a week apart from that first project that I started. It, it sounds crazy, I would agree. Like this became a problem. And at one time I really thought It was going to be the death of the business because I just could not keep my focus on one thing. I wanted to be doing several things, right? But... The problem was that I was actually not focusing on what was important. And what was important was really learning within my selected niche. And my selected niche to start investing in real estate was wholesaling and then really building systems around that niche of wholesaling and then taking the appropriate action to implement what I learned, automate it, outsource it, and then scale it, right? So that it could Continue to produce revenue and buy me enough time from the profits it generated in order to allow me the time freedom to focus on the next niche or the next phase of my business and also personal development right? So I only found one effective way through that process or even through that challenge, I would say, to solve that problem. And that was by learning to time block. I've talked about this in other episodes. I actually did a whole episode, I believe, on it that you can go back and listen to. But time blocking was huge. It was monumental for me to be able to regain my focus and reclaim my time. Like, Just in a nutshell, I actually divided my day up into blocks of time where I would spend time focusing on that area of the business. Right. So I discovered this concept actually of time blocking in a time management book that I was reading at the recommendation of my mentor way back years ago in the days when I was getting started. And I started actually practicing the concepts that that book and my mentor were preaching. I thought it sounded a little woo woo at first. I'm not going to lie. But after I got past kind of the, the, the basics or the generic content into really the substance of it. I really found that like it was at first very difficult for me to do and actually stick to a regimented schedule. And I was not good at it because a lot of me thrives and really gets excited off of things that are spontaneous, things that are actually not planned. Um, But I also let a lot of people in my family, in my business, in my personal life, even in my office at that time, interrupt me. Even when I had this set schedule and plan. Because, hey, even as parents... If most of you listening are, you know, you know that interruptions happen at the most inopportune times, at the wrong times, right? We always have a child or, or a spouse or someone coming in to interrupt a thought or a colleague coming in to interrupt something that you're doing. Maybe that you're trying to build your business while working on a job and they come and interrupt that. Whatever it is, right? There's always going to be these little subtle interruptions that kind of derail you from the plan or the schedule that you laid out for yourself. But, um, you know, it just comes to an education and communication more so standpoint that you have to begin to learn to communicate even your schedule, right, to other people so that they can begin to learn your schedule. And time blocking really helps you and helped me at least to focus on that, right? Right. And then people start to hold you accountable to that schedule, and that's what you want. You want that natural, positive reinforcement, or at least you should, right? So to even get started with like this reasonable approach to time blocking, I recommend that even today, you start with this mindset of selecting one niche that you're going to start in, whether it be wholesaling, rehab, rental properties, syndicating, whatever it is for you, choose one. Okay, you got that? Choose a niche because you're gonna focus on that for no less than at least three months, okay? The second thing you wanna do is make and commit to a schedule, okay? Got that one? Step number two that I want you guys to do after listening to this podcast show is to set a schedule by time blocking your day from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. You know, I want you to block every single hour, in between that time, take a calendar and start blocking off time for different areas of your business. So, for example, if you need a, an example of what my schedule looked like, which I mimicked and modeled a lot from my mentor starting out in my first year of business, um, I really stuck to a regimented schedule, which again, it was not easy, but I did it from eight to nine o'clock that was my education hour okay from 9 30 to 11 o'clock that's when i was following up on phone calls for deals that were being worked on either worked on for me with me by me or through me i was doing all of my follow-up on deals active deals between nine thirty a.m and 11. And then from 11 to 1230, I started evaluating new deals and having appointments also with sellers and realtors, attorneys and lenders. That was my time, that hour and a half from 11 to 1230 to really evaluate deals and have appointments to build my relationships and more so of my circle of influence or my little tribe that would become later my team. Then from 1230 to one, I blocked out that 30 minute time segment for lunch from one to three, I was back evaluating more deals, making more offers, and having more appointments, okay? Then from three to four, I did my follow-up phone calls. From four to five, I did marketing from social media to Facebook to posts to Craigslist ads. Um, I did voicemail drops to text message blasts to sending out direct mail marketing pieces. I did the works, I did it. I had at least six campaigns running simultaneously marketing campaigns at the same time. So within that hour, it sounds like a lot, but a lot of it soon became automated. So it allowed for me to spend just that one hour of time marketing from four to 5 p.m. Then from five to six, I was back working on the business. Um, I was doing a lot of business development, essentially, during that time. That was the creative time for business development and different opportunities to be explored. Then from six to 6.30, I was prospecting. In that instance, I was doing a lot of cold calling and making and taking phone calls. I was also sending cold emails um, to people and responding or following up on emails maybe that I sent the previous day. Again, that was my prospecting half hour from 6 to 6.30 p.m. daily. Then for the next hour from 6.30 to 7.30, I was at the gym. I love the uh, the elliptical. I love the treadmill. I love like cardio stuff. So I was at the gym for an hour a day from 6.30 to 7.30 Then from 7.30 to eight, that 30 minutes was designated as family time. And during that family time, we either watched a quick segment on TV from an episode or we played a board game. I love Cashflow Quadrant for kids. I did that with the family and children. We played Monopoly because we're living that out and doing that in real life. That was another way for us to combine education with family and business with family is during that 30 minutes. And then we called from eight to nine, that next hour, our crazy time, right? So that's where we kind of did a lot of, um, like not kind of, but we did do a lot of like family stuff, whether it be a continuation of the show we were watching. If we usually had a lot of dance parties where we would just put on music and for a whole hour, we were dancing and singing and laughing and talking and telling jokes. That was our like crazy time. And then After that was our share time. So we reserved the last 15 minutes for everybody to go around in our family and share how their day was, any new and exciting things they did or learned or saw or touched or felt, any of those things. It gave us that family and bonding time to decompress from the day, to settle down during the night, and then to prepare the children for bed no later than nine o'clock usually, maybe sometimes, not gonna lie, it spilled over until 9.30, but by 9.30, everybody including the lights were out and that allowed from 9 30 to 11 for um I'm sorry from 9 30 to 10 for me to kind of tidy up the house then do laundry put dishes in the dishwasher wipe down counters and spills and things that got overlooked uh during the day or the cleanup hour after dinner and dinner usually was, um, bath time was from that five to six while I was working on the business. The children were in the bath from six to 6.30 while I was prospecting. Um, that's when dinner was usually being prepared. And then um, the children usually uh, ha- we have this family time. We also, like I said, at 7.30, we're usually eating dinner. A lot of the times we, we started to switch um, those around because we wanted to have dinner earlier from that 6 to six thirty time so that's when prospecting got bumped and i actually outsourced and hired um that to be done by a virtual assistant so that i can buy back that half hour for dinner time See, that's when you start to automate, systemize, and scale so that you're outsourcing the business but not negating it, right? So again, I hope all of this is is really starting to resonate with the the key to success being mindset and the two items that I challenge and task you guys with is number one, picking a niche. Take the next hour instead of going to listen to the next podcast or the next YouTube video or wherever you're watching this to go to the next person station. I want you guys to pause, hit the pause button and really allow this to sink in. Choose a niche, research if you have to, to find those niches or keep it super simple. Just choose wholesaling, rehabbing or rentals syndication is a little bit more of an advanced strategy for those that are not just starting out. But hey, if your heart is set on that or if even you don't know what it means, take this opportunity during this pause to go find out more about those niches, see what you can learn, even read or uh, a book or an article, um, you know, or listen to even others of the podcast shows that I have uh, just specifically on the different niches and the different options, choose one. And then number two, set a schedule and stick to it. So I hope that you guys got that as the kind of moral of my rant for today. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. I want you guys to have a prosperous week, a productive day, and an amazing month. So if you commit to these things first and start at this starting point to develop the successful and position yourself more so as a successful person in this business, in any business that you're in, I wish you all the best. I wish you nothing but success and I wish you happy investing going forward. Until next episode, you guys be safe, be healthy, be well and be happy.